Hello, this is Dan Russo, head football coach of Island High School. You're listening to The Dan Russo Show on Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's what I call the rally cry. Relentless, like a dog on a bone. We got gas in the tank to go all night. We got gas in the tank to go all night. Relentless, we don't walk alone. Relentless, it's time to get to work now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for week one of the 2022 Vineland High School football season. It is the Dan Russo Show, presented by the Red and Gray Gridiron Group and Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett, and joining me, as he does each and every week, the namesake of this show, Vineland football head coach, Dan Russo. Coach, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Coming off of a week zero last week, a tough loss, 7-6 to Oakcrest. We're going to recap that game before we get into uh, this Bridgeton matchup and, of course, some big news with our alumni as well later on in the show. But, Coach, the 7-6 matchup against uh, Oakcrest last week, what were some of your your takeaways from that game? Obviously, week zero kind of still trying to get some of the, the rust knocked off the, the summer gears, but what did you take away, you and your coaching staff, from that performance against Oakcrest? You know, we're always proud of the kids when they give us everything they got. And, you know, they went out there and they battled. Um, fortunately. You know, we came up short. Um, you know, special teams are very important. And uh, as you saw, our defense played outstanding. Uh, it was a shutout. You know, Coach Hendricks had him ready to go and um, did an excellent job. You know, as I mentioned last week, we were going to try to eliminate uh, the big plays from Oakcrest, and I feel like we did. But, you know, we weren't able to sustain drives. And it seemed like every time we had a nice run, we had a penalty, either it was a holding penalty or we even had a uh, personal foul on a player, and it just it destroys drives. And I told the kids, and I've always told them, you can't have these, these penalties. And the one thing I say, you know, whether you hold or not, you don't put your hands up in the air and say, you know, I didn't do it. As soon as you do that, they throw the flag. I mean, I think every time I've seen – a player put their hands up in the air it's a penalty so almost at any level too it's, yeah it's uh, it's pretty aggravating so um you know with penalties and you know the mishap and special teams and the offense wasn't able to sustain drives but you know we'll be better this week um kids have been working hard out in the heat it's not it's not easy uh, it's gonna be hot for both teams friday too it was, it's been hot this week I thought it was gonna cool down but it's still Still not easy, you know, to go out there and practice. But the kids have uh, been resilient, and they're working hard, and they're hungry to uh, flip the script and get a win Friday night. And, uh, you know, we get some guys back, too. We're going to have Derek Akami back. We'll have Charles Clark back. And we're going to have Carlos Rodriguez, some really good players, uh, dynamic, exciting. And I'm looking forward to see them perform and help the team on Friday night. You know, we got nicked up Friday with some injuries and then the cramping. And uh, like I mentioned to, uh, I guess it was the Atlantic City Press, we usually go for, you know, go for one. We have a really good kicker, but like three guys out of that point after attempt. And it's hard to uh, just throw three guys in there that, you know, some guys have experience, but it was just so overwhelming and it was a split decision. It was my decision to go for two and. I felt like it was the right thing to do, and we came up short with that. But um, 
hopefully we can get back to uh, kicking field goals this week because Colin Greif has done a, an excellent job. He's actually punting now, too, as you saw for us, and he's a nice weapon to have. He does a lot of extra training with five-star kicking, and um, you know, he's really improved. He had ACL surgery as a eighth grader, I think, and I think his leg's fully getting fully healed now, and getting, he's getting back to himself. So he, I'm real proud of him for sticking it out and working hard, and he's definitely – huge asset for, for our football program, and we're going to utilize his skill set. Um, you know, big rivalry this Friday, local towns here, old school rivalry, and um, it'll be a battle. And, uh, you know, last year they got the best of us, and we're looking to go out there and compete and uh, do our best to win the game. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up getting some of those guys back, a lot of people – from last year, remember Charles bursting onto the scene as a freshman when that that mini you know group of freshmen got that call up to varsity. Uh, I'm very excited to see him kind of take a next step forward uh, as this team's you know bell cow back running the ball for you guys. Akami is obviously a, a force for this team and has been for the past couple of seasons. Um, so I'm excited to see him get back out there as well. But you brought up Colin, and obviously you never want to be in a situation where you're punting because you want to be moving the ball down the field and scoring points. But watching Colin in the booth on Friday night, Rich and I, every time he got that ball away, like six out of the seven times, obviously the one low snap that led to Oakcrest touchdown happened, but he made things happen, whether, you know, he had to scramble a little bit and get that ball off and he was booting the ball, you know, 40 yards down the field. And I was just blown away by his leg strength and, I was going to ask you as well, you know, what led to you guys going for two. Um, but seeing, you know, that type of weapon, it feels like the first time since, you know, Henry Garten graduated where you guys now have a legitimate kicking weapon that you can have in your back pocket, whether it's, you know, during the game for extra points or late in games if you're driving down the field like I saw Colin warming up for if you were to get into, you know, his range to have a late game field goal. Yeah, no doubt. Um I've got to do a better job of having some backups ready to go for that, that spot. I did, I've never had – I don't think I've ever had that happen since I've been here 10 years that I feel like three guys were out. I just feel like it was overwhelming and I wasn't comfortable uh, going for the field goal or the point after attempt there. And, uh, you know, we had um, Charles Burt went out 81. He's our right wing. Obviously, Akami being in the week was the guy. And then we got – you know, he was unable to go. And I feel like Julio Garcia was out. And I felt like there was one other, and I just, you know, made a decision to go for two. But that's what led for us to do that. We normally don't do that. You know, we're going to be, you know, going for extra points. He's a, he's a great kicker. It's just I felt like I was putting him in a tough spot, too, as far as having to go out there and perform if, you know, Oakrest was able to uh, get in there, especially after watching him get in on that punt. So, you know, made a decision. It's on me, and uh, you know we'll move forward, and we're gonna we got a long season. And you bring up, you know, Charles. He did get injured uh, last week. Is there any you know status update on him? How is he feeling uh, post Friday night after having to exit that game early? Yeah, he's day to day. I'm still waiting to hear. He's getting some tests done, so I don't have any definitive answer for you on that one. But uh, yeah, I'm waiting to hear. You know his results and. He's in good spirits, and we're, we're pulling for him and hoping that works out that he can still return to the team. It seemed like relatively everything else that happened Friday night, you know, air quotes for the people just listening, but 
uh, injury-wise was just like you said, a lot of cramping. It was hot on Friday night, the turf, obviously. Uh, so my message to the boys, stay hydrated, fellas. Uh, you know, drink that water. It's going to help. Uh, don't turn it away if it's offered to you because you're going to cramp up. It's still, it's still August. It's still, you know, summertime. You got to get those fluids running. Um, but overall, injury-wise, outside of Charles right now, seems like the team's relatively healthy. Unfortunately, we lost Jamison Blanding for the year, 76, our left tackle. He got injured in the um, Williamstown game, so he's not going to be able to you know, play this year, which is um, feels so bad for him. He's worked extremely hard in the offseason, so that's a huge loss for the program. Um, like I said, we're waiting to hear from Charles. Um, hoping you know, our quarterback can go. He got nicked up as well. So, like I said, a lot of guys are day-to-day. Other than that, you know, we're fair, we're, you know, everyone else was in fairly good shape. Uh, mentioned, too, about the hydration. If you saw our huddle message system from the trainers and from me, it's all we talk about. You know, one thing I tell the kids to ask their parents and guardians, um, at least three meals a day and plenty of water. Even that PD light stuff and some of those new, even Gatorade has their version of it now. I mm-hmm. see it Wawa. So um, that's something we tell them every day. It was unfortunate for uh, some of those things to take place. And I've, ne- I've never really seen them many people drink like that. But hopefully they understand now and they, they drink more water. And, you know, maybe some guys can't go both ways. So we're making some changes now. And uh, last week on the show, you brought up uh, Emmanuel Develis playing some left tackle for you guys. Obviously, was was stellar on defense last season, made his presence felt again uh, this past week. But what did you see from him on the offensive side of the ball uh, playing on that O-line? You know, it's a work in progress. He's, uh, he's given us all he has, but it's different for him. It's, even though people think line plays similar, you know, playing offensive line is a lot different than playing D-line and uh, – you know, one of the things I told him to master that position and on defense, you know, where he's going to play at the next level, he's got to know what his opponent does. So it's good that he's going to know both. That's, you know, my opinion of that. And I'm sure most other coaches feel the same. But in order to master D-line, you got to really know what an offensive lineman's thinking. So putting him in that spot lets him feel and see what an offensive lineman's doing. So maybe he knows how to beat certain blocks, you know. Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed for his first time, you know, being out there yeah, in a, a real a, game situation. He's an athletic kid. Um, plays basketball for us too, and uh, he's developing nicely. He's uh, I think he's fairly young for his grade too. He could be, you know, a uh, junior still, but um, you know, he's he's doing a nice job. He's a great kid. Somebody else we brought up last week where you said it seems like we might have to uh, have height check ins for him this year to see if he continues to grow uh tank pal doing, yeah. the, doing the damn thing last week uh you know catches that ball high points it in the corner of the end zone and uh we got during the broadcast a, a tweet in from older brother tyreem while he's up at Rutgers. he saw the catch happen live tweeted at me during the broadcast so that was a pretty cool broadcasting moment to know that he was you know tuning in for his younger brother but phenomenal catch for that touchdown uh, great tracking in, you know, intense coverage. There was multiple guys on him, but he went up, used his height to his advantage, and 
I was very impressed with his performance overall from start to finish on Friday night. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about uh, Tyrell Powell, a.k.a. Tank. He is um, he's a coach's dream. He does everything you ask. Excellent student. Never one issue in school. All his middle school teachers, I see him out. I saw Megan Bernhardt out the other night. She showed me a picture she has with him when they were – she was her te- his teacher or a guidance counselor, and she she's, can't say enough good things about Tank. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a great kid, and he's the most consistent player right now we have in our program. No matter what spot you put him in, he'll learn it, and he'll do a great job. And he did a great job on defense. He did an excellent job on offense, and he, you know, he goes both ways. He didn't come off the field. He didn't have a cramp. He did what we asked because he's that's him, and he's smart, and um, you know, he's developing nice. He's progressing well, and very happy that he's in our program. He's what we're looking for. And obviously this past week zero was kind of a new situation for you as well with some new coordinators for you in a a game situation. Uh, What was that like for you and for your two new coordinators to kind of, you know, be collaborating in a a week zero game situation and kind of going through the flow of a game for the first time together? Yeah, you know, it went well. Uh, Obviously defense really stepped up and kept us in the game. Offense struggled, but it was for multiple reasons. It wasn't, you know, the coordinator's fault. We had a lot of kids that we thought were going to be able to play that were not able to play. And, um, you know, the penalties killed the drives. Every time we get like a nice run, all of a sudden holding and, and you get a holding penalty. It, it's, it's, it's brutal. It's really hard to sustain drives when you're trying to build a program here and, and build an offense and, get some consistency it's just like it's it's very i'm telling you it's very difficult it's hard to overcome holding penalties and especially personal fouls which are 15 yards so i've spoken to the team i've spoken to some players individually and um you know if they don't do what we ask there's going to be changes made i have to have players in there that do the right things you know Obviously, everybody knows football is, you know, bigger, faster, stronger, but I always add smarter. We have to be smarter, you know, especially that personal foul was a retaliation thing, and guess what? We get hit with it. That's what I was trying to say to the ref, but at the end of the day, it's, it's our player's fault for retaliating, which I've said hundreds of times. So we have to get – we have to be smarter and more disciplined, and uh, that's on me as well, so i got to do a better job. And uh, before we move into, you know, the matchup with the Bridgeton Bulldogs, uh, I did want to touch on uh, Prince Bordy stepping up with Charles being out last week. Fills in first game in a Vineland High School uniform as a transfer from East Orange, who we touched on last week a little bit. Uh, for him to step into his first, you know, game scenario, brand new team, brand new city. Uh, and as the game progressed, Rich and I both we're commenting on how he seemed to just kind of get more comfortable, seemed like he was getting more in a flow. Uh, I was pretty impressed for, you know, his first time in your guys' new system uh, and to have him kind of as a, a weapon, as a, a backup running back to Charles moving forward, I think is going to be huge for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Have, you know, we're also, 
you know, real high on DJ Clark. He's going to get some burn this week too. He's probably the fastest kid on the team, so we're trying to find ways to get him the ball as well. He um, plays corner for us. He's a great athlete, runs kicks back. So we've got some we've got some guys back there that are going to help to contribute on the offensive end, and uh, we're going to get him some spots to, you know, be successful. But um, yeah, he's he's another great kid. Prince is awesome. You know, I reached out to me late in the spring, said he was from East Orange, and uh, said he was moving to Vineland. Very nice family. Got to meet his mother, uh, another student that's really good in the classroom. And he's, he's turned into a nice leader here. He's sending nice messages on Huddle. That's our school-sponsored messaging system with also that has our film. And, uh, you know, the whole team communicates through that. And he's been sending some real positive uh, messages to the team and, uh, you know, He's trying to be a leader, and uh, he's in a new program, and it's not easy to do. So it's a lot of credit to him. And you bring up DJ, too, seeing him on the defensive side of things uh, for a majority of Friday night's game. I was pretty impressed with the way he was able to uh, you know, go toe-for-toe toe with some of those big bodies on that Oakcrest offense. And overall, I think the defense, like you said, you know, pitching that shutout, they look mean, they look tough, and I'm excited for you know them to continue to progress this week. Uh, you know, against Bridgeton, which they're going to have to do. Uh, nice little revenge game, if you will, from last season where you you mentioned Bridgeton got the best of you guys. Um, going into this matchup and any film that you've been able to, you know, kind of see on Bridgeton so far this year, what are your expectations going into to Friday night at Bridgeton? Yeah, we're highly motivated, the staff and the players. You know, my first year here, and I still have some coaches that have been with me since the beginning, they lit us up on our homecoming, and, and they didn't take their foot off the gas. So things like that, you know, there's certain games I remember, and I'll tell you what, that's one of them. Um, it's not my style, but at the time, that's what they they chose to do against us. So, like I said, I'm still the coach here at Vineland. Not such a good memory for me, but... Um, we're going to give them our best shot. And like I said, it's a local rivalry. Um, a lot of the kids know each other. And um, we're going there to win. Yeah, the, the Cumberland County rivalries are, I think, some of the most fun matchups that uh, all of those teams get to participate in. Obviously, we have the big one on Thanksgiving every single year. But kind of incorporating, you know, Bridgeton now two years in a row, um, I think is is fun for the kids. I think it's a good, you know, county, uh, you know, atmosphere to have that matchup on the calendar every year. <clears throat> what are what are some things that you know outside of the obvious with the penalties, like we've mentioned, that you want to see the offense do against Bridgeton and kind of you know take that next step from you know where things were against uh, Absagami in the scrimmage to against Oakcrest. What are what are some things that you're looking for the offense to kind of do against uh, against Bridgeton on Friday night? And before I touch on that, and even last year, you know, it was a little ridiculous the the phantom offensive pass interference when James Hitchens turns around and catches a touchdown that gets called back. That was then, crazy. Then a phantom hold that I'm still looking for, and we had a nice drive inside the ten yard line. And then we have a ref, an official that having a bad day, decides to give an obscene gesture to our fans. So it was just a bizarre day. And then that win that came in, it was just – it's still not sitting well with me that game. So, like I said, 
I'm definitely highly motivated. The coaches are and so are the players. So we're going there to play some football and our kids are going to be ready. And we got some tough kids and they're not happy about losing last week. And we're all pissed off. So we're giving them our best shot. As far as uh, you're asking me about Bridgeton, right? Yeah. And what do you want to see, you know, your yeah. guys' offense kind of do against their defense? we got to be be more consistent on offense. We have to sustain drives, and we have to eliminate the stupid penalties and um, you know, play violent football. Defense can continue to do what they're doing. They're doing a great job. We'll continue to uh, improve on special teams. Uh, we've got to tighten that up a little bit. Um, we were a little behind in special teams here. Week zero came very quick. Trying to get the offense right, trying to get the defense right. you got you know new coordinators, and unfortunately – you don't have the biggest window there to um, prepare for that, but I got to figure it out. We've made time for it, and um, I'm confident that our kids will um, be hungry Friday night to right the ship here at Vineland. And I'm sure for for Coach Hendricks coming in, obviously with his his first year with you guys and seeing how well the defense performed last week, I think it's only going to be heightened. Him being obviously uh, the crosstown rival he's a graduate from there so you know the bad blood between them and Bridgeton is also there so I'm sure he's also highly motivated from that aspect of you know his playing career wanting to uh go toe-to-toe with another uh Cumberland County rival yeah no doubt Coach Hendricks is a huge asset to our program um real happy he's here with us and um you could see how well the defense played and his um knowledge of the game and you know real happy and i think going into this game defensively as well like from what i saw from the booth on friday night the linebacker play was absolutely stellar from the pressure that was you know being put on to uh to Oakcrest quarterback to the the number of sacks that were accrued throughout that game that's that's one positional unit that i think is going to absolutely thrive under coach Hendricks and seeing what they were able to do Last Friday, I'm looking to, you know, potentially see that continue, if not, you know, improve even more um, because the the toughness and the grit that they showed, I think, is going to be something that sticks throughout this entire season. You know, Dad, all all of them were very um, strong in every position, I feel, in defense. The the two ends with Manny and um, Newman, you got some some dudes there, and then you have the – the corners are consistent. They have nice speed, and we got some, some good size at those positions. But, yeah, I feel like um, the defense is in a good spot. Offense, like I said, I feel like they're doing a lot of positive things, but the penalties really hurt us. If we didn't have those penalties, I really feel like we could have scored a couple more times. Uh, we can't have meaningless penalties, and the staff and I are working hard to uh, get that message across to the, across to the players. So hopefully – we can eliminate those penalties. Offense can continue to uh, sustain drives, and we can keep Bridgeton's offense off the field, and uh, defense can keep doing what it's been doing. And obviously, first road matchup of the year for you guys. What's the the preparation and kind of the message to everybody to you know mentally prepare for that that road atmosphere? Obviously, with it being a Cumberland County rival, you know it's going to get a little rowdy. It's going to get a little raucous. Um, what's kind of the message to keep everybody kind of locked in and, and worrying about what you guys can control and, you know, just being laser focused for, uh, for Friday night. 
Yeah, it's still a little odd because school hasn't started. I like being able to uh, talk to the kids throughout the day and that structure. You know, they don't start school till the day after Labor Day, so they're still not in school. The teachers go back Thursday. But it's just a lot to juggle because it's a lot of planning here. Yeah. Like when we have away games and they just walk up from the 9-10 or they're in the 11-12 and we go see the trainer, do our thing, have some have a meal together and get their uniforms and, you know, bus to the game. So this year it's a little different. They'll have to get a ride to the school and we bus them, you know, to Bridgeton's facility and then we'll uh, bus them back here. So logistic, logistically speaking, it's not an ideal situation, but, uh, you know, we make it work. And obviously I think it is a, uh, an advantage in your guys' back pocket, having the fantastic facility at Catone. Bridgeton obviously had their field renovated a few years before you guys, but to you know, kind of have a similar playing surface, I think bodes well uh, for anybody coming in who's able to play on a, a turf surface like you guys have and like Bridgeton has uh, for game days. Yeah, it seems like most of the <clears throat> teams that we play this year, I feel like the only game we have on grass is um... – I think you're Clearview. Kingsway got turf now, and uh, Bridgen has turf. So, yeah, it seems like it's the norm now, so we're used to it. They're used to it. You know, both teams have fast kids, so they're even faster on the turf. And, you know, I enjoy playing games on turf. You know, the grass is fine, too, if it's well-kept, but most of the time it's hard to rely on people when they reduce, you know, workforce in most places because they're cutting budgets every day. And, um the fields aren't what they used to be as far as grass fields. So these, you know, these towns that invest in uh, artificial grass, I think, are going in the right direction. So I'd have to double check, but I think every game this year for us is uh, on artificial grass except for Clearview. So um, they have a nice facility there. We enjoy playing over there. Uh, we had some big-time matchups. I remember the last time we were there was um, <clears throat> we saw Isaiah Pacheco and Naheem Anderson and Anthony Reyes. Noah, yeah, Noah Sants alone, and they had Marquise Bell. Yep. So he was a heck of a player, and believe it or not, it was a uh, it was a battle in a low-scoring game. I think we pulled off a win 7-0. It was, uh, came down to, you know, the final minutes. They were dry, and we were able to stop them. So it was a big win for us. It was a, um, let's do the math here, 61-point improvement in our program because they beat us a year or two before on our homecoming 54 to zero. So in my little notes on improvement in the program, I look at a plus 61. So that was a huge win for us at their place. That showed you how far, you know, our program had come in a short amount of time after the shellacking they gave us my first year here when the kids really didn't do what was required to be successful, but it wasn't their fault. They just, didn't have the structure, the off-season uh, strength and conditioning program that we worked hard on that after the first season I was there, and the kids were able to uh, get a big win. So I enjoyed that one, to say the least. Yeah, I remember that game. I was working for NJ.com still, and I'll never forget how excited and overjoyed Anthony Reyes was yeah. when that, that final drive happened. And uh that was a game that sticks in my memory for quite some time. It was right before 
you know, we started doing podcasting and everything. I was still freelancing. So that's a game oh. that sticks out to me for sure. Yeah, he, he was a high-energy kid, so, um, yeah, I can remember. He was always, uh, he was always running with a full uh, full speed, I'll tell you that. His motor's always running, so that was a big win for us. That's You look back and you think of some wins, and that win at Bristol was really big for us because they had some guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Marquise, obviously, with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, did he, you know, if he made the roster? I was wondering that. I'm going to pull that up right now, actually. Uh, let's see here. I think, was he the same year as Pacheco or a year ahead? He might be a year older. He might be a year older than Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Marquise Bell has made the Dallas Cowboys 53-man roster. Wow. This is incredible. So, Vineland Bridgeton week, we have Isaiah Pacheco making yeah. the Chiefs 53-man roster. And Marquise Bell from Bridgeton making the 53-man roster. So congrats to both of them. Yeah, how impressive is that? Good for them. Take advantage of their situations and put that work in. So congratulations. Uh, Before we get into more alumni talk and talking more about Isaiah, uh, I must say the uniforms last week looked absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Loved, loved, loved that jersey. Hopefully it stays in the repertoire for years to come. But Obviously, for the new listeners and viewers out there, Coach Russo and I, long ago when we first started this show, we dubbed it a, a look-good, feel-good, play-good podcast. So, Coach, what's the uh, the uni combo going into Friday night against Bridgeton looking like? Yeah, we're looking for every advantage we can get. So, it's going to be hot, so we're just we're going all white. We're the road team, so you got to wear white. So, we have the white jerseys, the white pants, and we're going we're gonna to rock the white helmets again. So, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I even want to say it on the air because it is an advantage. So maybe I'll tell you in private when I see you next time. There we go. Those are the the show nuggets that you guys don't get to listen to. Um, I do have to comment, too. I don't want to give my opponents any more advantage. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do have to comment on this, too, before we move into the alumni. Friday night's atmospheric tone was fantastic. Uh, The cheerleaders were great. Justin Feliciano, the new band director who I graduated high school with, did a phenomenal job with the band. The drumline, uh, you know, rendition was fantastic. So I just wanted to tip my cap to the cheerleaders and the band as well uh, for a job well done on Friday night. Yeah, that's great. They're awesome. You know, um, the cheerleaders were in the locker room earlier or the day before putting in um, helping me. Or actually, they put the jerseys out for us. Had them all lined up with some snacks for the guys and, and Gatorade and some uh, Gatorade bars as well and decorate the locker room. It was awesome. They were so cool. And, you know, I gave them the option. So, Hey, listen, if you want to wear the t-shirts that we had, or they could have wore the white jerseys like they did last year. And they chose to, um, you know, wear the white, the white t-shirts. And, um, Greta Broom is the new head cheerleading coach and she's great. Um, she's also our school nurse. So hats off to her and her, her staff for doing a great job with those cheerleaders and also to the band as well. Congratulations. Um, looking forward to working with you as well. Um, they've always supported us and we support them as well. It's always feels great having them with us. And um, I don't do they do the home games, but they go to the away games and uh, they've been nothing but short of uh, awesome here. So really appreciate both of them. And I hear the concession stands were outstanding. We have a good friend of mine running them. Uh, Chef Rob Bono, 
former teammate as well. So I got to sample some of the stuff after the game just because he had so much food and I really didn't have the best appetite. But I said, you know what, I got to try some of this. So the food was delicious. Um, looking forward to working with him as well. It sounded like um, it went very, very well. And we're going to have that apparel store, you know, from time to time. We'll have T-shirts, some hats, hoodies. I'm going to try to get in that. A box as well on the guest side so it's not too congested on the home side because there's so much action with the food so we're gonna people want some gear just take a short walk during halftime or first half whatever and um you know get some gear we're gonna have some nice shirts like i said hoodies and um people can wear that proudly in the community and uh, we're gonna write this ship we're gonna win some games this year the kids are hungry Looking for that first win Friday night and build on that. Once with my experience here at Violin, you know, and coaching football and basketball, I feel like once they get a taste, they want it again. It's like it's addictive, you know. So um, I'm looking forward with these guys so they get a taste of victory and uh, we keep it rolling. Yeah, and uh, you know, not only will they have games on on Friday nights, but after this week, the NFL kicks off and. Like we just mentioned, Isaiah Pacheco makes the initial Kansas City Chiefs 53-man roster, uh, being a seventh-round pick, 11 picks before the draft ended, used that adversity to his advantage, and uh, parlayed that into a phenomenal training camp with the Chiefs, a fantastic preseason, and now uh, he earns a spot on one of the 32 NFL teams' rosters, which are obviously so coveted across the league, and uh, couldn't be happier for Isaiah to see, you know, just the work that he put in to see all the big name, you know, reporters from, you know, just the NFL side of things, the fantasy football side of things. You know, when I open my fantasy football app, uh, I have my draft on Thursday night and seeing Isaiah's name in that app is one of those things where you have to double take because it's like, wow, I've known Isaiah for so long. And now, you know, he's a guy that's draftable in fantasy football uh, and he's going to be one of the four running backs on the Kansas City Chiefs roster this season. So congratulations to Isaiah, and I can't imagine how proud you and the coaching staff are uh, of one of the, the prized jewels of Vineland, New Jersey, being in the NFL once again. Most definitely. He's uh, very special. And to see him, you know, his progression and how he flourished in the right environment, and like a lot of our kids do. And um, it was just a pleasure to coach him and to see him at, in the NFL. And I feel like it's the perfect team for him. It was like a perfect match. Um, Andy Reid's a great coach, and um, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And just a great system. I think he's a good fit. And guess what? Kansas City Chiefs are smart. They got a great player at a very reasonable price because he went in the seventh round, you know. So they're like, wow, can't believe I'm sure they were like, wow, they couldn't believe he was still there. Um, so he was able to showcase his skill set with, you know, an incredible offensive line, professionals, and, um, you know, he's going to do great. He was doing – the other line was doing great except for that one missed block where that guy came in the other night and gave him a Russian sickle. <laughs> and his uh, and his helmet came off, you know. So I was like, Wow. I can't imagine getting hit by that. That guy looked like he was 300-plus. Yeah. He just came in. <laughs> and I thought was like, what the hell happened there? <laughs> you know, there's nothing he could do. As soon as he touched the ball, the guy just crushed him. You know, 
what a blown assignment that was. Um, it wasn't even like a linebacker blitz. He just, I guess he was unaccounted for. The guy missed the assignment, but I was like, damn, because it was fourth and one, and they, you know, give Pop some blocking. He's going to get that one yard, but I don't see many running backs getting through that. Yeah, that was, that was Pop's welcome to the NFL moment. <laughs> Oh man, it was so hard. His stomach came off. But see, Pop's so damn tough. He, he's he was fine. Yeah, he probably ate it up and was like, "All right, let's go back at it." Yeah, normal uh, human <laughs> wouldn't be able to get up, but Pop is not human. He's got special powers, man. Yeah, he, uh, he was good to go. And uh, obviously, this week college football fully underway, and uh, Tyreen Powell will be strapping up the pads, playing against Boston College this week for Rutgers. So, wishing Tyreen the best going into his junior season, uh, and everybody. You know, we, we we were joking about it in the booth this past week. The alumni that Violent High School has at the NCAA level is almost a, a 53-man NFL roster in and of itself because uh, the list continues to get longer and longer, obviously. Uh, the Absagami scrimmage, Ryan Shelton was there as well. It was good to see him and catch up with him. Um, but, you know, an- another college football season is upon us, and we'll be talking about them at the end of each and every show with just the, the long list of Vineland High School alumni playing at the NCAA level now. It's just pretty incredible to watch that list year over year just continue to grow. Yeah, the kids are um, taking advantage of their situation, doing great in school, and, you know, listen to the coaches. You know, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, obviously coaching legend Coach Dave Heck helps out. He's a former head coach. Now we have another former head coach in uh, Dwayne Hendricks. And I'm constantly on the phone, and I have a great friend of mine that watches our film and helps us out as a consultant. It's a former head coach and college coach at Villanova with uh, Coach Clint Wiley, who's probably one of the best football minds in the state of New Jersey. He's unbelievable. So I have three former head coaches that are helping us and helping the kids get to the next level. Coach Wiley has more contacts than anybody in this area. He can, he's can he got friends that he coached with in college that are all over the country. He makes a phone call and recommends you. You're getting a look. That's the juice he brings. He's got more juice than I do because he's been in that world. He coached at Villanova for 16 years, and a lot of the guys that coach under him are in Big Ten schools and ACC schools. And um, – he could have done that, but he chose to, you know, not live that life, which means you could have a different hat on every year, every two years. Because I see these scouts come in, and I say, I know the face, but the hat's <laughs> So he decided to make a commitment to his family, and he was the head coach at um, Oakcrest, believe it or not, and Sterling High School. And uh, he helps us out big time. And uh, like I say, he's a good friend of mine, you know, just as – Coach Heck is as well. He was my coach my freshman year, and I learned a lot in that one year with Coach Heck and Coach Parentazzi and a lot of the guys before me as well. I have all the respect in the world for Coach Heck. He's, uh, he's another incredible football mind, those things forward and backward. A lot of coaching probably, I don't want to people know Coach's age, but I bet you it's close to 40 years, man. He's <laughs> And he's still fired up and should hear him get on the kids when they don't do what they're supposed to. And that's the way it should be, you know. So, um, matter of fact, uh, Coach Hendricks played for Coach Heck. And um, 
he had the privilege of being coached by Coach Heck as well. So, you know, real happy with the staff. You know, Coach Guzman's been with me since the beginning. Also played with, you know, he was a couple years behind me at the College of New Jersey. So I've known Coach Guzman. Wow, long time. She's over 25 years here. So um, Coach Mike Wimbish came over from uh, Oakcrest, believe it or not, and had some experience at Camden Catholic. So he's another great asset. You know, Coach Tucker has great experience, and um, he's helping us fix the offense as well. He's doing a great job. He uh, Camden Catholic, Pemberton, and Pennsylvania. He's another great football mind. I've done everything in my power to get the best coaches here at Vineland, and I feel like we have a really good staff, and um, it's just going to get better. Everybody gets along and um, work well together, respect one another, respect other other coaches' opinions here in the staff, and um, you know, are we always going to do it? No. Are we going to listen? Yes. We're going to try to find something that works for our kids, most definitely. So it's a good group of men. Um, enjoy our coaching with them and um, you know the kids are in a good spot and back to what you're saying is they get to hear from guys like this about the players they coached in the past that have done all the things that our kids are doing and how they've got to the next level and how they got to take the academics piece very serious that's the key to this there's a lot of talent if there's 10 you know Tyreen Powell's but the one that gets A's and B's is the Tyreen Powell they want. That's the one they're taking because it's a it's less risk. It's high risk when you take a kid that's, that's that doesn't do well in school and has uh, discipline issues. They don't want that. They want someone they can trust and someone that can handle academics. And um, that's the message I try to tell the young guys too when I get opportunities to go see them play is the academics. And I try to talk to the parents and guardians as well. So the key is academics. 100%. And uh, like we said, best of luck to uh, all of our alumni playing this coming weekend uh, for week one of the college football season. And obviously, come on out to Bridgeton. Come support the fighting clan as they take on the Bulldogs. Uh, myself and Rich Scarpa will be in the booth on the broadcast. We got our, our headsets coming this week, Coach Russo, which is very exciting. We'll have that communication nice. back with the with the truck. Um, so that's exciting for us and uh make sure you tune into that and of course uh we're looking to make sure that the dan russo show we had such a phenomenal i want to thank everybody phenomenal premiere last week for the episode uh on youtube that uh we're looking to premiere the show every single thursday night on our youtube channel the same way we did this past week uh, a lot of people tuned in and uh it seemed like it was a, a rousing success doing it in that form so every thursday night is going to hopefully be the plan unless we mention it otherwise on the show to premiere it live on youtube and obviously it'll be in podcast form as well on your podcast app of choice so subscribe to the podcast feed uh on apple or spotify just search underground sports philadelphia subscribe to the youtube channel which is just underground sports philadelphia as well and uh make sure you're following vineland football on social media, the Red and Gray Gridiron Group Facebook page and at Vineland FB on Twitter. And you can follow Underground Sports Philadelphia as well at Underground PHI. Coach, any final thoughts for uh, the listeners, the viewers heading into this matchup against Bridgeton? 
I just want to say thanks to all the fans and the parents and the guardians that are um, sticking behind us and supporting us. Losing isn't fun. And um, the kids have worked extremely hard. And, you know, we're in a position we could have possibly won that game. And, you know, we're going to fix things here at the staff. And the kids are working extremely hard. But I just want to say I appreciate the fans and, like I said, the parents and guardians for an electric environment Friday night. It was very positive. And, um, you know, the times that kids need you the most is when they're not successful. It's easy to congratulate them after a win, but nobody likes losing. And um, I appreciate people uh, being positive and supporting their you know, their local football team here and uh, their kids and everything. And um, like I said, they need you the most when they're not successful. It's easy to everyone to get along and be happy when you win, but it shows someone's true colors when things don't go your way. And, um, you know, it's not easy. So I appreciate, you know, the fans, the cheerleaders, the, the band, the marching clan there. And um, I promise you, you're going to see some kids – Stepping up Friday night, they're 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 ready. They they they're not happy either. No one's happy. The staff isn't happy. Uh, the players aren't happy, and obviously, I'm sure the fans are happy as well. That no one likes to lose. So we're gonna. We've been working very hard this week. Um, we've had some long practices. Um, getting, getting these kids ready, and um, I promise you they'll they'll be ready Friday night. I have a lot of confidence. We have some new additions coming in. Some key players, some key players that'll be back. It's going to be a different look Friday night, believe me. And um, we're going to be fired the hell up, and we're we're going there to win. I'm excited for it. So tune in uh, live on the YouTube for the uh, the broadcast of the game. Just find the public schools YouTube, and uh, if you're in the area, obviously it's right across town. Come on out to Bridgeton and support the Vineland football team as they get set for their Week One matchup against the Bulldogs, but this has been another episode of the Dan Russo Show presented by the Red and Gray Gridiron Group and Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Coach Russo, I'm Kyle Bennett. We'll be back next week breaking down this Bridgeton matchup and heading in to week three of the Vineland football season. Until then, we'll talk to you next week. Just a kid from the neighborhood Where our kids from a neighborhood Take me back to 96 I fall asleep with the red